Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we're going to talk about the new, amazing Rogue One trailer that, has, that is available. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, Jared has wet himself. That's oh my. true. Oh my lord. Like, oh my lord. Okay. All right. So, um... Yeah. yeah. Explosions. Booms. Oh. There's a little bit of everything. If you haven't been a, a fan of Star Wars... You probably will be now. Um, and if you were a fan of Star Wars, you're about to be an even bigger fan of Star Wars. Like, oh, yeah. There's something about this movie that just throws me right back into the original trilogy. I know there's a lot of visual elements and a lot of things like that that are very blunt and obvious, but there's so many other layers that I think Gareth Edwards took into account when making this, this, uh, this film that make it feel more genuine to the original trilogy. Again, everyone always tells me, what, you didn't like Episode 7? No, I loved Episode 7, but there is something about this movie that even from the trailer completely immerses me back into that Star Wars era. Well, this is what I think it is. You know, and nothing against the prequels. I know there's fans out there that love the prequels, McKay included in that. But what I think we get, and this is just, again, me, I know... With video, video, you know, CG and everything has improved a long ways from episodes four, five, and six. But when yes. we see these trailers, you see dirt and grit. Everything is dirty. Nothing is shiny and new like we saw in the prequels. Everything had that shiny, new, clean feeling. But when we see these, everyone is dirty, dingy. Even when you know the the first scene on this trailer, when they're coming in on this city that's on a plateau. It looks kind of slummy and dingy, you know. And then as it keeps going through, no one is like looks clean and pristine, except for, with the exception of the Imperials, you know. The general in his white suit, in his white suit, is clean and crisp. Those are the only people you see, and that's what we're used to seeing in four, five, and six. Is everyone's kind of, you know, they're like the peasants. They don't, you know, they, they just get the scraps and everything. Why the Imperial? is clean and precise, and mm. we get that feel. And not only that, we're getting to see some really cool ships, which we've never seen before. That fit, like, right in to that era of Star Wars. Like, you oh, yeah. Could put, you could tell me, hey, I've unearthed some deleted scenes from A New Hope that no one's ever seen, and if I saw that ship, I'd be like, cool, that belongs there. That was made yeah. to be in the original movie. Like, they are so, so much research... And so much, uh, uh, every I mean, everything about the original oh, trilogy went so into this movie. 
love is the exact word that yeah. should be used. Yeah. You know, and and I, so we have episode seven out there. We've got to see that. Now that's its own new th new thing. Yes. Yes. You know, but the thing I love about this is, yes, it's brand new, but it feels just like it's part of the series. It's not something that they're force-feeding down our throat and saying, hey, we're giving you a new Star Wars movie. No, they're giving us a Star Wars movie that's already part of this. There, it doesn't feel like this no, is No, I just, totally agree. I, mean, I feel like J.J. Abrams and Gareth Edwards both had different jobs in bringing Star Wars back to cinemas. I yeah. really feel that uh, Gareth Edwards has the job of recreating the nostalgia and the atmosphere and the mood and all the elements that made A New Hope back, back to us in a new age. Yeah. You know, and it still feels the same. Whereas J.J. Abrams had to create kind of a whole new atmosphere and a whole new feel for Star Wars because it's its own trilogy, and that's totally fine. Yeah. We've only seen the first out of three acts. But with this, it needs to, to continuously flow into A New Hope without there being too much of a stark shock between the elements of design and stuff like that, which I think he has pulled off absolutely brilliantly. And, and to reinforce your statement about everything looking gritty and, and all this stuff... A long time ago, as an aspiring young little thumb-sucking filmmaker, I used to watch the Empire of Dreams documentary every single night before bed, which was the making of the original trilogy. And one of the biggest things that George Lucas did in the original trilogy that was different from other sci-fi films of that time was make everything nitty and gritty and, and, and almost like it's a functional universe. Like things yeah. are real, conflict is real, dirt and grime are real. And Flash Gordon and a bunch of other stuff like that didn't do that. He was the first one to kind of make that a reality. Yeah. And that is just one out of possibly hundreds of elements that Gareth had an appreciation understanding of that I feel like he has uh, implemented into this film. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what really made it so that Star Wars spoke to us is because there was that grit, that dirt, that grime. I mean, realism. Yeah. I mean, we see R2 and 3PO going down. Through you know through a desert, and when they finally are purchased, you know three PO is taking an oil bath to get the dirt and grime out of his gears and circuitry, you know, and it's like of course that would happen, you know, and in you know if we look at Flash Gordon, everything was clean and crisp, and it's like what in the world? I mean they're battling out and they're not even sweating, you know, spikes are coming up and it's just it's crazy. It's um, very very accurate. So yeah. Scott, as as a fellow filmmaker, I wanted to get some of your uh, points on what we saw in the trailer that Gareth probably used in order to move this film into a new hope, visually, storytelling-wise, anything like that. For me, and I know this is you know sometimes bad, but if you turn off your screen and you just listen, listen to the sound, oh, yes. the music, the re-renditions of the original New Hope theme uh, is so crisp and beautiful, and the sounds of the ships, and I know that that's the nerd, the audio nerd in me, but the sounds of the ships uh, when that one, the 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 one new ship with the four engines in the back is taking off. I mean, I can hear a, a little bit of the classic, but and I know this is, I can also hear a little bit of uh, the prequels in there. It sounds like they took a little bit of each just to kind of say, look, this is a new, this is, you know, kind of the prequel era, but this is New Hope, and it just it feels like that reverberation that that doesn't just hit you in your eardrums, but down in your chest, in your base, uh, in your soul. It is it is Star Wars. And that siren, uh, and obviously we've already heard the siren time and time again, but it, this doesn't just look visually gritty. This feels like a Star Wars movie. 
uh, with the audio. And it just, for me, the audio blew me away. I probably shouldn't be playing it while we're (laughs) watching this, but it's just, oh, it just, it, it really gets me. And the uh, crescendos of the music, especially when, when our heroine there is walking right towards the TIE fighter. I love that. Doesn't even like flinch as she sees it and just right towards it. I mean, it's just, oh, oh, I love it. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to see this band of uh, mercenaries, this band of rebels actually coming together because it really does look like they're bringing them together in this film. Uh, Oh yeah. Well, and, and oh. I was gonna say one thing that kind of shocked me is when they introduce. I mean, we've never heard the the voice of the robot yet. We've kind of seen glimpses of him. We know it's Alan Tudyk, but when he, we finally hear him speak, I mean, you can definitely tell it's Alan, but he yeah. kind of has a little bit of three PO in him. It sounds like because he's kind of yeah. like you know. He throws out so you know a percentage of survival thing. That, that's kind of a throwback there, but um, I do like he's like, well, the master said you're okay, so I won't kill you. Um, <laughs> so it kind it kind of makes me feel like it's a little bit of HK forty seven mixed mm-hmm. with a little bit of three PO here, and I can deal with that if that's the case. Because um, I I want to see a new droid. I want to see a new protocol droid that is fun and just has me like, wow, I like it. You know. I know a lot of people love BB-8. I'm not. I, I'm not a fan, but I, I don't hate him. Um, just because I, I love R2, but that's understandable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, but 3PO is like annoying beyond belief. Nothing against Anthony Daniels. Uh, does an amazing job, but he's just he's not. I, it, he he wasn't a character I could connect to, and I I enjoyed. Well, that's how yeah. the character is written, though. I mean, yeah, and True. it was beautifully acted. But. Yeah, and and that's why I'm saying nothing against him because he does a great job portraying that character. It's just not a droid that I've ever really enjoyed, you know. But playing Knights of the Old Republic, HK47, I loved that droid. I, you know that, that that was a droid I could get behind. Chopper from Rebels, I love that droid, um, just because he, <laughs> you know, he he's like R2 but on steroids. You know, he will kill another droid just because he doesn't want he doesn't want a droid on his ship. I love that you know? scene. <laughs> yeah, and so I love that, and I kind of want to see that from a protocol type droid, which would be awesome. I think it's just so awesome how they're bringing in new characters that we've never met before, and they all have their own personalities, backstories, and elements that make them unique. But there's there's a feeling of Star Wars when you see a group of these people that wouldn't necessarily fit together in any other situation mm. but the situation they've been put into, come together and embark on a quest, of a fantasy uh, uh, kind of genre quest, um, mm. and they have to rely on each other. And seeing those different elements working together, even in the trailer, mm. is absolutely stellar. I already have a deep love for so many of the characters I saw in the trailer, and I barely even know them. Well, I mean... We- we have the typical hero's journey. I mean, that's definitely what this show is. Yes. But it's all compact into one story, you know. Um, but at the same time, are we really seeing new characters? I mean, there's a theory you threw out. I mean, the main character is Jane Orso, which is very close to a character from the the Knights, um, the Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. Knight uh, storyline. Uh, her name is very similar, and her companion looks a lot like Kyle Katarn. I know we've talked about this, you know. So. Are we really seeing new characters? Or are we just seeing characters that have been remastered or tweaked a little bit differently for the new storyline? I don't know, but 
you're right. They, we've got the hero's journey. Everyone can get on board with that. You know. Um, well, it's something familiar, but it's new to those who haven't experienced that type true. of video game reality. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I love that. I mean, right now I'm playing um, some new campaigns in, like, The Old Republic. I love the storytelling aspect that Star Wars has held on to for so many years. And I think it's not about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's more about staying true to the storytelling um, format that has really grabbed and touched everyone's hearts and, and made them, um, what's the word I'm looking for, feel re- uh, related. They, they can relate to it. You know, people given responsibilities they don't want to have but they're there, and you have to deal with them. Then you have to rely on the people that you know surround you, the people that you've created relationships with to get through this journey we call life. And you see that in so many different ways interpreted through film, not just Star Wars, but Lord of the Rings and all these big blockbusters that, that people have grown fond to. Yeah. And I think taking that element and, and giving a new taste, a new spin to it just a little bit is what makes this story – you know, just so stellar and so appropriate for the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Well, new one, characters, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I really enjoyed about the Star Wars universe and probably what made me connect with it so well early on is everyone has flaws. You know, most movies you kind of see how the hero is the hero and he's like almost perfect. He never makes a mistake, it almost seems like. But from day one of, of Star Wars, everyone has flaws. I mean, the main character it wants to run off and join the you know join the imperial army but uh you know his uncle doesn't let him and he's whiny and he's mopey and he finally gets his chance and then he feels guilty cuz his aunt his aunt and uncle died and now he has to go on and you know mm-hmm. but then he ends up finding the princess and kissing her and later finds out it's his sister and ooh wow what, what kind of a conversation was that you know but you know but they made mistakes they always made mistakes i think you know, I remember watching as a kid, you know, when Han Solo goes charging down and the, the hallway and then comes running back because there's a horde of stormtroopers and he doesn't, he's not trying to take them out. He's just like running for dear life, firing behind him. And that's just like, that's amazing. You know, because. That's another thing I think I really loved about this trailer. It's quirky. And yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody. Um, about the difference between the original trilogy and, let's say, like Episode Seven, you know, I, I do feel like Episode Seven was maybe pushing the agenda just a little bit too much on the artistic expression of symbolism. Yeah. And I feel like this film is taking the quirks, it's taking all of the cheesy elements that people just just fell in love with with A New Hope, and they're sticking to them. And I feel like the artistic agenda is there. But it's not as prominent as Episode Seven, and that I am totally okay with. I love both films for different reasons, but this is a reason I'm familiar with with the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that they really need to pay attention to is this happens just before Episode Four, so the details have to be there. They ha- the dots have to connect. They can't put in something shiny and flashy because that will conflict with what we already know. Um, but I think but, we have the evidence to sustain that this – I mean, it looks like they have definitely done their research. They have yeah. definitely made sure that they, they drew out guidelines for themselves, especially visually, to keep it fluent with the uh, with the New Hope. Yeah, I, you know, and I am excited. It looks like we're going to see new planets, which that's always an exciting thing. We're definitely going to see new uh, stormtroopers and equipment, which is 
is going to be exciting. And Aliens, we've seen that with the, the kind of the story trailer we got to see. We've seen we're seen some new tanks that they're roam, roaming around in. Um, and we've also seen a little bit more clips of the battle scene on on the beach, which wow. Mm. I mean, that scene where the guy lifts up the rocket launcher and fires it, and it hits the side of the the ATAT's head, and it jolts to the you know to the right a little bit, and you're just like. <gasps> so yeah. I want to ask you guys a question, both of you. Yes. Okay. Yes. In every Star Wars film, there is a scene that is iconic to that episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that this is definitely going to be the scene for this film. But I'm going to throw out the titles of just a few of the episodes. Tell me a scene that is iconic to you. For that movie, are you ready? Oh boy! Sure. Okay. Scott can answer first. No, no, Empire. I think first. By all means, take it, Daniel. <laughs> so Empire. Empire so, back. So Empire for me is a two-parter. Ooh. So for Empire, the first iconic scene is out on the snowfields when the 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 Imperial walkers show up, and then that fight scene, you know, with the the snow speeders zipping around and the tow cables, that is is iconic to me. Uh, the second part, and I know a lot of people would go to you know the Darth Vader fight, but it's the scene with Han Solo when they're freezing him into carbonite, you know, and he's up there, and Leia says, "I love you," and he says, "I know." Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Scott. I, I know that this is so cliche, but it has to be the "I am your father." <laughs> yeah. I, I know that that is so cliche, but that scene is just so beautifully put together, so gorgeously lit. And the emotions that are carried through there—it's to me that is—and uh, as a child, no one ever told me, you know, that <laughs> that's how it was. So when I got yeah. there, I got to experience that, and I realized, oh, like I—I I remember turning to my mom and saying, "Did you hear that? He's his dad." And yeah. Just, oh, I remember that. I thought he was lying. <laughs> I remember saying, "That guy's lying. He's trying to get Luke's head." But I, you know, for me, Empire—it was definitely as a child, uh, the Snowwalker scene was mm-hmm. that, holy crap, this is Star Wars. And then yeah. as an adult, it gradually changed to I Am Your Father as well. And that to me is just, it's going to stay as the icon for, yeah. for Empire forever. Well, I mean, now, one more. Um, a New Hope. What is the scene that is iconic to you for A New Hope? Well, before we jump to that one, I just want to mention, just Empire is my favorite, and it's because of the emotional pulls and tolls I mean, you get in there you know, with, with Han with the scene with Vader and Luke, I mean, it just has, it's like the right amount of, of magic in that show. I mean, and it still, to this day, is my favorite. Even after watching 1, 2, and 3, and 7, and, you know, maybe it'll change after Rogue One, I, but I doubt it. It just seems like that has all the magical pieces in the puzzle just to tickle my funny bone in every way, shape, or form. So, to, to move on to New Hope, my, oh, the scene in that one, um, <laughs> You know, Do you want me to to, I'll let you go first because that one's kind of a tough one. I'm going to have to think on this one. Um, for me, and I know that this is it, – it's not the biggest or most great scene of the movie, but it's when the sand crawler is first crawling over that sand dune in the morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I love that. The establishing shot before we actually go inside because um, – and that's – Oh, that's that's once you can let go of like that first establishing shot, you know, of the the because you know that's that's obviously Star Wars as the ships come through at the top. But I don't know what it was about that scene. It really established. Look, you're back on a planet, but you're still in this this galaxy far, far away. This is a hillbilly truck 
with skull. <laughs> their themes are going to be, you know, like chop shopped up, but it's going across the sand dunes. It's huge, and there's something about just how the thing moved and how the, the scene looked that just captured my imagination as a child. The jump part, yes, yes, that's that's. Anyway, I love it. it. Nope, that's fine. So yeah, well, I mean, where you're mentioning that, uh, the scene came to mind. So and and I've mentioned this several times in the past. It's so the scene on the Tantive Four. It's already been captured by the Star Destroyer. They're all lined up. You see the sparks flying on the on the door or the ha- the hatch. It bursts open. Stormtroopers come in. You know, blaster bolts are firing everywhere, and then everything kind of settles, and then you see Darth Vader step in. That scene, that I mean, that sets the whole mood for the entire series right there. Oh and yeah. For the rest of the movie, just seeing this huge, massive man in this dark armor, breathing, and just walks in and is like, "Who the crap is that?" And then you're hooked. I mean, that's that hooked me. No, I don't think we've ever seen like a, a villain quite of his caliber up to that point. You know, there's Ming. That's about it. But yeah. I think that it was like. It was very important to introduce Darth Vader that way, and I love that that you latched onto that scene. For me, yeah. A New Hope. When I think New Hope, the the scene that I always go to is the Death Star assault. Mm-hmm. There's just to me, I think even today, out of all the Star Wars movies, that will always be my favorite moment in Star Wars, where all of the elements of the story have come down to this one point, and all the, all all your chips are in. Like yeah. this is it, and the excitement and the rush and the adrenaline I got from the assault was just absolutely incredible and it's it, it imprinted on me. Now, to throw a point to all of this, I feel like what makes Star Wars so special is that everybody has a different and very um, uh, uh, unique and blunt relationship with every episode. Yeah. It makes you feel something. It makes you uh, uh, imagine and expand your imagination. And I really love that about this trailer as well. I can see so many elements that are going to imprint the same way the original trilogy did, and you have to be cautious about that because if you put your expectations way too high, you're going to be disappointed. But for me, I am very optimistic about the style and the execution that they used in this movie to help bring that same feeling back. And on the on the other side of it, it is expanding a story that's already incredible, and I feel like they are going to pull it off. Yeah. Well, no, I, and I agree with you. That that is the beauty of a well-crafted story. I mean, it's like any novel. Um, you know, you take one book, and you go into you know, let's say we decided we all decided to sit down and read the same book. You know, and then we come back after we've read that book. Everyone will have a different perspective and a different point in that book that was amazing to them. You know, it's like okay, let's you know, the Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite character? What part of that really spoke to you and what you were excited about? And everyone has a different opinion. You know, oh, some yeah. people some people like the priest, some people like the Count of Monte Cristo, some people like, you know, um oh, I forgot her name. Uh the love interest. And then or and some people like Armand, you know, the the son. I mean, everyone has a different character that they love. And that's what Star Wars brings to everyone. I mean, the entire <laughs> universe is like lush. Of all these amazing character, vibrant characters that we can pick and choose, it's like everyone's freaking out because Thrawn's showing up in Rebels season three, you know that, which is awesome. You know who is this guy dressed in white? You know we want to know who this guy is. I sense a lot of our listeners 
like thinking to themselves, maybe my wife isn't crazy for holding these book club meetings. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's that's the thing. It is is it. That's how why it's exciting because we can all share our perspective and our ideas about a particular story, and we all have something different, and we all have a different view. That it's like you know, okay, cool, you know, that was your that was what latched on. Which I agree that that you know the trench run and everything with that battle with uh, the Death Star was amazing. It was fun. It was thrilling. It's not something we ever saw before, and you know we. We saw ships dogfighting in space and blowing up and slamming into the Death Star and turbo lasers going off and mm-hmm. you know and then Obi Wan who was dead saying Luke use the Force you know uh, and it was great it was fun you know and then we see Darth Vader starting to zoom in on Luke and we're like oh no it's the end and then here comes Han Solo out of nowhere um, I think you struck the nail on the head there Daniel I think the word of the evening has to be fun. Yeah. This movie looks fun as hell. Yeah. And that is what is making me just absolutely ecstatic. No, I agree. Yeah. And I'm excited. I really am. And it's kind of sad that it's only a stand it's a it's a one-off movie. They they really can't go beyond the story to be honest. But it's exciting at the same time because it is a one-off story. That means we're going to get a start, a middle, and an end. In one movie, and we don't have to worry about, oh man, are they going to stretch it on for, you know, movie two, and we have to wait another year? No, we get a complete story here. Okay, that is partially exciting, but at the same time, that means that there's no safety net as to who will live and who will die. But that's oh, yeah. the, that's what I love, you know, because up until this kind of up until now, we've kind of seen where, you know, heroes in the Star Wars universe just they come out of this like unscathed. You know, but we didn't we, we didn't get to see that here in, in episode seven. One of our heroes actually we lost, and you know um, another one was re, was Spoiler. mortally injured. Well, if, if they haven't seen it now, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, so but we know that this is a war, and they've they've gone after the plans, and it's going to be death. And they've clearly shown that there will be death and mayhem in this in this movie, which I think is great. It's a uh, war. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it, it has to be in some movie. I mean, I think they did an excellent job in uh, Force Awakens, but the brutality of war is not pretty. Yeah, and that's what we need to see. We need to see this. I want to see the Bothans dying, so that <laughs> I have an emotional conflict well, about what's about to happen and all that. Kind well, of stuff. well, the Bothans are the second star or uh, Death Star. Sorry, well, that's what I'm saying like the the uh, um, foundation. <laughs> Yeah. Of all of this, this, these operations and stuff, there is a toll. The war there has is. a huge toll. Yeah. And this is something new and refreshing that they're adding to the Star Wars universe that we get to see almost for the first... We've seen it before, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see it to a new level in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I agree. And yes, we have seen characters die, but they've always kind of been back characters. They're, they're, they're like the red shirts. We've never really seen any characters we love perish until we saw. I mean... I'll be honest, you know, when we went and saw episode 7 and that moment happens with Han, the entire theater went dead silent. I mean, I don't think I've ever been in a movie theater where it's gone that quiet before in my Daniel, life. We were watching this movie together for the first time, right? And yeah. I yeah. don't know if you remember, you probably weren't paying attention because the movie's so amazing. As soon <laughs> no, as you kind of you kind of blinked out. <laughs> 
I was completely checked out of the movie. I had to see it twice to oh, yeah. experience it because I could not fathom the, the, the new reality I was just shoved into that Han Solo is dead. Yep. And it took me a long time to accept that. And, yeah, you're totally right. It, it, there's so much stake in these characters that it's hard when one perishes, and we haven't really seen that other than Han. Maybe Qui-Gon. I loved Qui-Gon. Well, but, you know, but with Qui-Gon, we didn't have enough time to build up, which, you know... But even that's a lot a good of, point. But a lot of people still did, were shocked. It's like, whoa, a Jedi just died. We've never seen that before. Um, other than Ben. Obi-Wan. Yeah, I mean, over, other than Obi-Wan, and he was kind of an old dude that we don't really know much about. I mean, if we had seen all the stuff with Ewan McGregor and then gotten to that point, that probably would have been a little bit more powerful for us. But, uh, you know, I would actually love to see Ewan McGregor show up, at least in a little bit of Rogue One. That would be amazing. Probably that won't happen. Cool. Probably won't happen, but that would be cool. Um, that would be cool. So I'm going to throw a big question at you guys. Yes. I know we only saw him for like a fraction of a second, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on knowing that in just a few months you are going to see Darth Vader emerge back on the big screen? Even yeah, not for sure. a minute. So I was hoping for more of Vader. But the fact that he showed up, and I know he's going to be in the movie, and this is kind of Vader in his prime, you know, I'm excited. I really want to see a lightsaber battle with Vader. You know, even if it's going after a few rebels or something like that. I mean, when I'm playing Star Wars Battlefront, there is nothing more exciting and pleasurable than running down a battlefield, force choking people, and then swatting them down with my lightsaber. I want to see that with Vader. I will think we that's see what we're it? See. Will yeah. we see it? I really hope so. You know, because one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite villains, there is nothing more iconic in the world, in my imagination, than that breathing apparatus. You hear that, and immediately, Darth Vader. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at. It could be dark as dark can be. You hear that, and it's Darth Vader. That's well, scary. <laughs> And up until now, like, all we really see in the Star Wars movies is him coming in after the battle. You know, in Star Wars Episode One, like he or in, in A New Hope, he walks through the hallway after the stormtroopers have already come through and then releases mayhem, you know, killing the captain. I want yeah. to see that Darth... I want to see that same thing. I want to see Force yeah. Lightning. I want to see Force Choking. I want to see the full Darth Vader experience. Well, he can't do Force Lightning because of his prosthetics, but we oh. can see Force Choking and stuff like that. So, Scott, let me ask you one more question. <laughs> Okay. Um, I want you to tell me the point of this movie. Why? Why is Rogue One coming to fruition, other than obvious financial benefits? And what is it doing for the Star Wars universe? Well, it's definitely reestablishing uh, back to the New Hope time period. I mean, well, actually, you know what? Maybe I should get your opinion on that. Why do you think that they would go back to tell the story, other than the fact that they've done away with? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to go there. They did away with the expanded universe. Now all of that is legend, and there are so many holes and gaps. Um, and I feel that they need—they wanted one more movie to be able to tie and bring back to New Hope uh, from the prequels uh, to bring back to kind of tie them all together. And I feel like this story was a story that needed to be told, uh, just because in the original New Hope we just got thrown right into the action. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we needed that little extra, let's talk about the story, let's talk about this uh, real war type story, because where else would we see uh, a band of 
of crazy rebels that we've never heard of before. Where else could we see that in the Star Wars timeline? Agreed. Nailed it. I mean, this is kind of my theory. Okay, so we got 4, 5, and 6. Everyone loved it. Then we got the prequels. People were kind of... Some people loved it. Fans of the original trilogy kind of got disenfranchised from it a bit. Then we waited a long time. Then we got 7. And a lot of people... We got we got a lot of new people liking it and loving it, and then some of the, the newer fans were kind of like, all right, this is cool, but because you know the expanded universe was thrown out, I think they put this because this is this is kind of the key, the cement that's going to lock it all together. It's going to bring new fans in. It's going to have all of us hardcore old fans go, all right, I'm 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 in, I'm invested now, because it's giving us everything we want. It's giving us an amazing Star Wars story with characters we're going to love and enjoy watching the ride. We're going to see explosions. We're going to see Darth Vader kicking butt. We're going to see stormtroopers that can shoot people. And we're going to see explosions. We're going to see Imperial walkers. I mean, we've got everything here that we ever want in this one movie. I mean, everyone's been wanting to see walkers since, you know, since Empire. We haven't seen them except for sort of in Jedi, but that was nothing. Oh, that didn't uh, count. That did not. <laughs> that doesn't count. But, but now we're seeing him. The AC you know? taxi. <laughs> yeah. You know, now we're seeing that. And I think they're throwing a little bit of everything that the hardcore fans love and enjoy. You know, you know, we're getting Vader in there. We're getting everything. And it's all going to come together in this glorious glue that's just going to bind everything together. And then, every, then they're going to go, all right, here's eight. It's going to be amazing. And now we're going to throw the Han Solo trilogy at you, even though we killed them off. Everyone's oh, going to be sold. And I think that Star Wars, I mean, yeah, a lot of people will say, there's a lot of Star Wars movies. Why do we need this many Star Wars movies? Well, I think Star Wars is unique in the way its story was constructed because it's not mm-hmm. just the one uh, um, linear story of Luke Skywalker. Yes, everything kind of revolves around that, and that is an incredible story to keep the backbone of Star Wars up straight. But... Yeah. The universe of Star Wars that was crafted so brilliantly contains an infinite amount of stories, which is what I think Disney understood when they bought the property, and that is why we're getting so many spin-off movies. The word spin-off, I think, gets a bad rap from a lot of other franchises that have tried it. Prequel gets a bad rap from a lot of other franchises that tried it. I yeah. think Star Wars, if executed correctly, which what this looks like it's doing, is the exception. Because there are so many different stories that we could follow and follow and fall in love with, that would pertain and and um, expand the universe that we've already uh, grown to love. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing about Star Wars is it is, and it's an infinite universe of stories. It really is. I mean, we don't even have to use anything from any of the books or the comics. You could just say. We're going to tell a story on Tatooine that's never been told before. The coming of the Starlack. I mean, that would be an awesome storyline right there. Yeah. You know, and what happens with when it arrives and stuff like that, or or who knows, you know. Um, there's just so many stories. There's an infinite amount of stories that could ever be done, and I think that's the beauty of this, you know, and people complaining, well, why are we getting another Star Wars movie? Now, why have we gotten so many James Bond movies and people still go? I mean, th- because they enjoy them. It's a great story. I mean, for those people that are complaining about, oh, it's another one, that 
we're getting another Jason Bourne. We've had how many James Bond? We've had how many Star Trek movies? It's because people love them, and as long as they tell a good story, we'll keep going. Yeah, and I, I'm really optimistic about Rogue One because this is the first time that we're seeing a story that it isn't completely um, removed from the Skywalkers because obviously Darth Vader's presence is important in this whole construction of the plan to take down the Death Star. But for the first time, we are following a new group of people. We've had, obviously, Finn and Rey, which, again, the whole story is connected back to Luke Skywalker. This is something that I feel is contained in their own unit of morals. Because you see these people that shouldn't be together. I already mentioned that. But they've come together for one purpose, because somewhere deep down, they all believe the same principle, that the Empire is evil, and it's going to kill us all, and it's wrong. We need to stop it. And now they have this huge means of destroying planets at will. And they put aside their petty differences to come together and and accomplish the taking down of evil, which is absolutely stellar. But we get to see it from the perspective of new characters. And I'm really hoping and praying that Disney sees the beauty in this method and continues to give us new stories with new characters. Not that I'm not excited about a Han Solo movie or a Boba Fett movie. I want to see those really bad. But I love the thought of being introduced to new characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we can we talk just a moment about the the screenshot scene at one minute and nine seconds where the Death Star literally eclipses an entire planet? Oh my lord! Like, Don't tease me. <laughs> oh, like that! Just that one frame is so beautiful to me. Yeah. Like, sorry, it's just the ominous nature of the Death Star. I feel like we didn't get enough of that, of its true power and nature in the first movie, because we were, it was it was the scenery, it was the set, but now seeing, like, its ominous presence and presence and knowing that it's going to be there through the entire film just gets me so excited. Sorry, I had to go on that tangent. No, no seriously, fine. like, we didn't have the technology back then to properly show how massive and powerful this thing was, other yeah. than the simple effects they had through shooting the laser at Alderaan. That was about yeah. it. And for the first yeah. time, I agree, just in the trailer, I was like, this thing is big. That is a BFG right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we are out of time, so we definitely want to hear your thoughts on the trailer, your thoughts on the movie, because we want to. And, you know, and a, little, a lot of people are worried that, hey, we're going to shout back and yell back at you. If we do, we do, because... We want to engage you in the conversation here. It's not because Jared's being a jerk or we're thinking you're stupid or silly or anything like that. We want to engage you in the conversation because that's the joy and the fun of this is we all get to talk and discuss what we love about Star Wars, what was amazing, what wasn't, and what we were disappointed about, and what we hope to see in the future. So um, We yeah. are the nerdy, secretive version of your wife's book club. Feel yes, free to join in. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. With that said, uh, we're out of here, so we will catch you uh, on Monday. Sweet. I'm gonna go watch the trailer again. Yeah, me too. Deadpool. The captain says you're a friend, and I will not kill you. <laughs> we're out of here. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans, it's time to really pull out the stops. So, what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life, or even in at your work, that you think loves geek, loves you know 
superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there. We want our numbers to swell, and we want you and everyone else to join the Geek Revolution. So tell your friends about us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and we want to hear from you. We want this the best, greatest, and most entertaining, interactive show out there. You know, most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year. And so far, we've had a great year. It's all thanks to you. And we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger, uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say we're out of here and catch you next time. And of course, join the Geek Revolution. <laughs>